and they make one joyful. The Lord's commands are pure and they give insight for life. The commands to fear the Lord are right and they endure forever. The judgments given by the Lord are trustworthy and absolutely just. They are of greater value than gold. They are even of great amount of pure gold. They bring greater delight than honey, than even the sweetest honey from a honeycomb. Yes. Your servant is finding moral guidance there. Those who obey them receive a rich reward. Who can know all his errors? Please do not punish me for the sins that I am unaware of. Moreover, moreover, keep me from committing flagrant sins and do not allow such sins to control me. Then I will be blameless and innocent of blatant rebellion. May my words and my thoughts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. O Lord, we say this morning, you are our sheltering rock. to the most holy place take us in to where you dwell for it is there we want to be with you Lord you are our redeemer Lord you're the holy one of Israel we glorify and magnify you holy are you Lord worthy of all praise and honor Jesus Jesus
what we've called reality. It's not really reality, he's only reality.
lamb on the altar, God. I lay it on the altar. Oh, send the fire and burn it away, burn it away until nothing's left but you and your kingdom. in your Thank 
thanksgiving to his courts with praise oh these aren't just ways of talking these are things these are things he's commanded us he's commanded us you enter in it's how you enter in it's how you enter in oh, oh come on lift up a praise lift up thankfulness thankfulness gratefulness for all he is for all he is for all he is and accept the you're not except the blood oh come on come on come on come on come on let's go
passion I can't perceive With every picture that I see I start to realize what I need Speaking to me, mysteries And revelation I can't perceive With every picture that I see I start to realize what I need You
33.7, Moses took the tent and he pitched it outside the camp at a good distance from the camp and he called it the tent of meeting. Anyone seeking the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting that was outside the camp. And when Moses went out to the tent, All the people would get up and stand at the entrance to their tents and watch Moses until he entered the tent. And whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. And when all the people would see the pillar of the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people, each one at the entrance of his own tent would rise and worship. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face the way a man speaks to a friend. And Moses would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, son of Nun, a young man, he did not leave the tent. And Moses said to the Lord, see, you've been saying to me, bring this people up but you have not let me know whom you will send with me but you said I know you by your name 
and also you have found favor in my sight. Now that I've found favor in your sight, Lord, show us your way this morning to send up into the heavens. We don't know what we're doing, Lord, but we know that we trust you, and we know that you put your name on us. We know that you're with us. We don't know what to do. But you said, you said like to John, come up and be here. You would reveal heaven to us. Lord, what is your way this morning? We seek your face to know your way, your entry point into the heavens. Because we want more than anything to know you. And we want to continue to find favor in your sight. I want your favor, Lord. Favor us with your presence, Lord. And whatever your way is, even if we don't understand it, Lord, we'll submit to you. submit to your authority, Lord. We submit to your sovereign right to govern our lives. We submit to you, Lord, in your sight, Lord, that we would follow you all the way, that we would turn, that we would turn and look on you and you alone. That this nation is your people and we stand before you, Lord. The Lord said to Moses, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Lord, we want your presence. Lord, we want your presence. Lord, we want your presence more than our understanding, more than our emotions, Lord. We say we want you. you Lord Lord we need you more than our own breath Lord I want you Lord I need you Lord presence doesn't go with us, Lord. We don't want to go up. How will the inhabitants know, Lord, if your favor's not on us? How will we transform this city, Lord? Say, Lord, we'll do.
surely as the dawn or the coming of rain. He will heal our broken souls. He will Some years ago, we were, um, I guess it was around 2015 or 2016. Um, our ministry was in the uh, Scotland Fire Department. And I remember so vividly, you know, we just had a, just a few people gathering and believing the word of the Lord for this ministry would which I've shared, you know, many times, the mandate to, from the Lord to pioneer for a glorified body. That this would be the next transition, the new wineskin is the glorification of man. You know, I've shared this before, but you know, in 2013, you know, again, just, I sat down at the YMCA in that chair, you know, and, and the Lord said, you don't believe me. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I'm going to kill Adonijah. And I, and I had to look his name up. And, you know, he was at the succession between David and Solomon. And he wanted to take the kingship, right? And, of course, Solomon doesn't mess with him and David because of that. It's, it's when he wants to go and, and get in bed with a Shulamite. The Lord said, I'm going to kill anything that takes the loyalty or the love away from my bride that is to me. You know, I remember, I, and he said, and I'll kill it in you too. And I, I took that word pretty serious. But he said, but you don't believe me. And I said, about what? And he said, well, well, it'll be a sign to you. And Mandela, he'll be dead. And I, I'm telling you, I'm giving you a global word. I'm giving you a word. Because you think this ministry, you see the size of and the scope of and everything, you don't believe me. And said, and I, and I, I, and I said, he'll be dead. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this so that you know I'm talking to you. And three days later, you know, he's dead. And that word got my attention. And I said, what word? And he says, he said, this is pioneer for glorified body. And I said, you're going to use human agency. Yes, the blood the shed at the cross and applied at the mercy seat is purchased our full sanctification yea unto a glorification you know and um, I got all this structure laid out and y'all can look at it and stuff you know that all the phases of the human soul and all that and we're in the fire department and I turn around because I couldn't hardly bear to look at the people because it's a little bit like this morning 
You know, we're not hitting all the high notes in our worship like we have for a while, you know. And you have to ask the Lord what's going on, you know. <laughs> and sometimes we don't like what the Lord says because he's very truthful. He just says it just like it is. Now, I remember we were in the fire department. I turn around, and the Lord appears to me. He's got a light, and he's in a cave. And he looks at me, smiling at me. He says, come with me. And I know that I'm going to go into this dark mountain. A dark mountain that I've been in for, I guess, four or five years. And darkness began to characterize my life. And Psalms 88 became my favorite psalm in the Psalter. At the end of Psalms 88, it says, darkness, my friend and my companion basically have abandoned me. Darkness is my closest friend. I begin to go know God in the darkness. And so I'm okay, you know, I'm comfortable in the dark now. I used to be terrified of the dark. I mean, the place where when the Lord sucks the vacuum, puts the vacuum on the room like this morning, and you can feel the vacancy of God, and your soul continues to say, though, nevertheless, I want you more than life itself. You see, God's a God in the darkness. You don't believe me, or maybe you do believe me, maybe you read the text, but in Exodus chapter 20, verse 21, it said the people kept their distance, but Moses drew near the thick darkness where God was. It, it takes like a, I mean, Stephen and I have had many talks about this, but it takes, it takes some courage to go into the dark. But I'm going to tell you, of the, I'm going to tell you, I know this of a truth. Every time I entered into the dark and I let my soul be laid waste of all its idolatry and all its stuff, and then the next thing you know, the presence of God would come. And I knew that he was real even in the depths of hell. I mean, we're up here one Sunday. I didn't really tell anybody this, but I was taken down into the depths of hell, and I'm standing there on, and there's lava flowing. It's like all charred and everything. And he said, wait on me because I'll reveal my presence that even in the depths of hell, I am with you. I was standing there, and then all of a sudden, my heart began to say, I believe you. I believe you. I believe you even in the midst of what appears to be the most horrible temptation, horrible experience that he was there. And we know this is in the scripture. She so said, yeah, even if I went into the depths of hell, he was there. And even if I was in the heights of the heavens, he was there. The word is even nigh, even in thy mouth, the word which we speak. We come to know the Lord in the darkness, but... This has been affecting me a lot because he, and, and Pete sent this word, Pete Lineker sent this word out this weekend. I think some of you read it. This ministry has to transition. And I, I think that for me at least, I've become so comfortable in the dark. But 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. I've called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. And then and, and, and it's just been a long season. Five or six years of darkness. 
has characterized a lot of what we've done, but now, oh man, we must shift. Uh, the Lord's going to do some soul reaping. You know, He's ready to do some stuff, and I, I just do it. I just want to admit. I want to confess, actually. A couple weeks ago, I mean, you know, after the Apollyon incident, incident, which y'all know that story, some of you do, and having your, feeling like your life force is being jerked out of your body, I'm on the ground in my house, you know, I'm, oh man, I was like lamenting, thinking my life's going to be taken right now in the middle of the night. God got my attention. I said, Lord, I don't want, I want everything to be done for love for every day, that whatever it takes, no matter what courage it takes, let it all be done for love. That event happens, we come into the next thing, um, and um, it's Monday morning, Fletcher Park, the Lord said, I got your attention right, and I said, yeah, you got my attention. I, you know, because we only have one life, folks. This is your internship. This is it. This is your internship, and he's going to split the eastern sky. And this is why you want every moment to count, and I realize that, every moment to count for love. And um, I was like, man, I'm doing two-a-days. You know what we do when you enter into worship and you enter into the unknown space, the space that's just unknown because you don't know? You like, I call it the age of the postmaster builder. The until of Ephesians chapter 4, until. And you enter into the knowledge of the Son of God. You enter beyond what the fivefold was bringing us into, but you enter into that blank slate. I, I don't know, but I trust you, Lord. Now write the nature of your life onto my soul like I seek you to know you. And then all of a sudden you just enter in and you're in the presence of the Lord. And there I am, Fletcher Park, I'm in the presence of the Lord. And the ministry says you must shift the ministry. And I just want to admit up here, I do not know how to do that. I, I don't know. I know he promised, I believe, 10,000 new converts. But he said, I'll gather a remnant. I'll restore that remnant. I'll get a people together. And then I'm going to begin conversion in this city. How we do this, how we trust the Lord in this new season. Um, and we take courage. He said, I'll, I'll bring together Judah and Israel. I'll restore a remnant family in this nation. He said, you know, don't get into party, right? Don't be in the blue and the red, you're purple. You're a royal family. You're not a party, right? We've learned that. I'm not in the blues and the reds. We're not to be in that. That's party politics. We're not in that. We're a royal family. We blend together that which is the legitimacy in the blue and the legitimacy in the red. We become a royal. 
I, I think, you know, for me, my conscience is telling me this morning, accept what I'm saying, and that we uh, corporately, over the next period, I think, I think Pete Lineker's got this word, and I think it matters that this ministry is going to begin to transition over the next few months. Out of darkness into light. It's our destiny. Uh, that we would be a city set on a hill that cannot be hit. We can't be hid in the why am I? Why am I? You know. I am. I am. The Lord told me that day, he said, you got to stay with me because I'm going to move really fast. I'm going to begin to put things in place. Just hang out with me and let's just move. Some of those things he's showing to me and revealing to me are a little bit, is, I'm taking a deep breath on it. I'm like, this is a little bit outside of my comfort zone. I just want to confess today that personally, whatever it takes, let me not be one to hold us back or the Lord's work back. I, I want it to advance. I want what Jesus wants more than anything. I mean, you think about people who don't know the Lord or the demonstration of God in the realm of however he wants to operate. We want that to happen. That's what we gather together for. We're at the shift. Like Pete said, we're going to need to get on the train. You know, you don't have to. <laughs> but you should, Leander said. <laughs> let's get on the train. Let's, let's seek the face of God and say, how do we do what you're about to do, Lord? I've been feeling it. You know, last week I preached on the primary epic and secondary epic. Uh, Preached out Jeremiah 33.3, how he was in the court under guard. And how the Lord had allowed Jeremiah to be put in a quarantine so he could get his attention. And he got, he got Jeremiah's attention. He says, a second time, I'm going to raise up a family. Jeremiah doesn't look good because Zedekiah is going to have his eyes put out and the whole royal family is going into uh, exile. It doesn't look like according to Jeremiah and even according to natural history that God's going to move. I believe Jeremiah was doing what we call a double fulfillment of prophecy and he was prophesying into this end time. In the second advent, before the Lord comes back, that God was going to raise up his family. And if they wouldn't come out of the churches, he says, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in so my house may be full. And this God's house is not full. But it, I saw it before Collider began downtown. I saw that we were standing room only in this room. I, I saw the baptisms. I saw the glory of God hit this city. I heard Kurt Bennett in 1982 say that the Lord said he had put his footstool down in Asheville, North Carolina and set his government down here. That he would establish his kingdom rule right here. I believe him. 
yet we've come up in a moment where we must shift. And that's the pressure you feel in this room this morning. I just want to tell you, I know it because I feel it in myself. I said, Lord, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to transition. I'm just not ready. I, give me some more time. No, I'm just not ready. I don't know what to do. And the Lord's like, exactly. When Pete gave that word, you know, I was talking to Tom McManus the other night, and I said, you know, I'm waiting on Pete. I'm waiting. The Lord called him the Lineker. I'm waiting on the prophetic voice because he's got the, he's a, he's a junior prophet in our house. And the Lord told me this when uh, John Harris left us and I was lamenting John's leaving. I said, God, I miss him so bad and I don't want him to leave. And he said, well, I gave the Lineker. That's what he said to me on the way here that morning. It's, I gave him. And I said to Tom McManus, I was like, I'd really like to see Pete come online and his calling. The next morning, Pete sends that word that y'all got in the email if you read that. He said he couldn't, you, you couldn't go to bed that night, right, Pete? Until you sent that word. So it's like a train. As once this train starts rolling, it's gonna move. And light's going to break out. You know, the Lord had said this will go to the stadiums. We'll go into the stadium. The Lord, the Lord said this with objective proofs, not a subjective thing that I'm saying, but objective proof that God would send this ministry into the stadium. That he would prepare this as taking many of us 20, 30, 40 years to be prepared by the Lord for the work that he's going to do. We've stood on it. I, I was with Steve Scroggs this week at Salsaritas because this was our first year last Sunday, our first year in here. And he said, what do you think? What's, the, what's your year-end review? And I said, well, I'm really pleased. The Lord's been with us. His presence has been so beautiful in here. I was like, the people are going deep and they're trusting him and they've trusted him so much. And I was like, and I'm really pleased with that. I was like, we've made it all the way back into Eden land, which Asheville was originally called. We've got a foothold. We've got people from, some of y'all don't know this, out of the Northeast and the Midwest prophesying in this ministry, say we've got, a, we've got an open heaven. It's been calling me. That we've been contending downtown to release an open heaven, an open portal to release the glory of the Lord in the city that we have sustained in open heaven. And yet I know enough about the Lord this morning because he's like, you know, saying, you have to do what I tell you to do if you want my presence. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you know, you want my presence? Yes, you've been with us every week. This morning is like, oh, Y'all can feel it. You've been in the presence of the Lord. Let's just be real. All right, whatever you want, Lord. Right? 
you agree with me? Whatever you say, Lord. Whatever you want for this city, whatever you want. Now I'm going to do it. Whatever you say, Lord, we will do it. We're going to have to have our ear to heaven. we got to have our eyes on the Lord. And surely that we would do nothing except what we see the Lord doing. It's not going to be something that's done in the past. Uh, Henry Todd said this many times before. We've not been this way heretofore. What's about to happen, there is... I'm a model guy, and y'all know that. I got all these models built. There's no model. There's no model. It's, it's heaven has to speak into us. We, we must be encountered by him. Years ago, Kara and I was visiting a church in Charlotte. And I was really upset because I was losing my second elder team. I, had, I think I've lost three or four qualified biblical male-led elders, teams in this ministry. They were being shook down because of the pressure we were going through as a ministry to hold the line for Jesus' kingdom to come into this earth. I was losing my second elder team. Now I was at this church in Charlotte, and the pastor gets up and he says, if any of y'all have a prophetic word for uh, Carol and Kara, come up at the end. And these three people come up at the end. And the pastor knew us because I had prayed for his son, to, his wife, to have a baby because they were, she was barren and she got pregnant and, and whatever, and they had some confidence in us, said pray for them. And so this, this man comes up, he's about this tall, he comes up to me and he says, you don't believe him. And man, I stuck my chest out on that guy. And I was like, who are you to say I don't believe God? Don't talk to me like that. <laughs> you know, I was, really made me upset because he didn't know what we were going through. And he said, well, I know my God. <laughs> and I know what he says to me. And I mean, he got right back in my face. He was probably in his 60s or 70s. And he's like that tall, just looking down on me like, I know my God. And he said, you don't believe him. And I said, man. And he said, the Lord said to me that millions upon millions upon millions will convert out of your ministry. Tens of millions. And he said, did not the Lord tell you that? And I said, yes, because I'd had a conversation the day before and I was asking all these leaders at the seminary, Gordon Conwell, where I was going, I asked them, I said, have y'all ever had the Lord say that to you? Because I think I'm a narcissist. And they said, no, the Lord's never said anything like that to us. And they're in Iran and they're running missions in all over places in the earth. And I was like, I said, man, you really are saying this. And that guy said, yeah, the Lord says, you don't, you don't believe that. Did he say that to you? And I said, yeah. He said, well, I tell you, sure is the word of the Lord, this will happen. And then this, this little lady comes up after him. She's about that tall. And she's, a, I believe, a little widow lady. And she says, no, it was a Jewish man. He comes up. He's about that tall. And he says, the Lord said, y'all been pulling rocks out of a field for years. You and your wife have been plowing the ground by hand because you didn't have any equipment. And... Um, 
And she said, the Lord has washed y'all's labor and all the rocks are out of the field and it's, a, it's dirt and there's these little sprouts coming up out of the ground. They're about that tall. Or he said that, excuse me. The reason why I said she said, because as soon as he finished and she was way over there, she comes up and she basically said the exact same thing. And I said, man, Lord. And he says, you know, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. But you know, I mean, who is sufficient for these things? Because if God marks iniquity, who can stand? Um, anyways, over the next few months, we, we have to make a shift. And I know that we must be faithful with little things. You know, you learn that with the Lord, but we must be faithful. And we've been faithful uh, to begin to shift. Revelation chapter 21, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the earth had ceased to exist and the sea existed no more. 
And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, made ready like a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, the residence of God is among human beings. He will live among them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death will not exist anymore. Nor mourning, nor crying, or pain, for the former things have ceased to exist. And the one seated on the throne said, this is the word I heard him say, look, I am making all things new. <laughs> then he said to me, write it down because these, th these words are reliable and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. To the one who is thirsty, I will give water free of charge. I'll give it from the spring of the water of life. The one who conquers will inherit these things and I will be his God and he will be my son. Behold, I make all things new, says the Lord. Lord, as to help us to embrace your shift, to embrace this transition, Lord, from darkness to light. Bring forth your light and let it radiate, Lord. The light, the light that Moses and Elijah witnessed, Lord, with Peter, James, and John on the Mount of Transfiguration. Your transcendent glory. You know we can't do this out of our own strength and out of our own might. We can't do this out of our own power, Lord. Bring forth light. Bright white light. Glorious light.
Isaiah 40, 29, he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young man shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. power to the weak so we must realize that we're weak How does your leg feel now? It does. Excellent. Man, amen. Thank you, Lord. one through ten I will praise the Lord at all times his praise will always be on my lips I will boast in the Lord the humble will hear and be glad proclaim with me the Lord's greatness let us exalt his name together 
I sought the Lord, and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to Him are radiant with joy. Their faces will never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him from all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. How happy is the man who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him lack nothing. Young lions lack food and go hungry. But those who seek the Lord will not lack any good thing. So I just wanted to share something with y'all. <laughs> um, in 2011, I moved to Fletcher and started a company with some friends. And uh, that started 10 years of probably the, <laughs> certainly the most difficult and challenging and rewarding and um, dark, often dark periods of my life. And I, and I so relate with Carol and his story. And... Um, about, I think it was about four weeks ago, um, I was at a meeting and a, a prophetic fella um, named Jim Riley shared with me and he said, basically, um, the Lord says you don't believe what he, what he says about 
about you. And, uh, and, um, and he was going to do these things, but you need to believe. And your son believes, and your, your wife believes in you, um, but you need to believe. And um, I, can, I can relate when you go through those storms and those challenges and you hold on to what God said for so long. You know how to fight, and you know how to wait, and you know how to um, endure. Um, but the, one of the biggest challenges now is to, for me to um, know how to move forward and um, know how to fully express it, but in the blessing and the light of the Lord. Um, as he wants to grow and multiply. I'm used to being scrappy and small and and uh, just trusting the Lord with a scrappy team. Um, and uh, and so I guess I'd ask that um, maybe we could pray if anybody has any experience um, in, with that. Um, I can relate with Carol where I uh, don't know what it looks like to, to, um, to, believe for brighter days or um, something much bigger than what's what we're able to imagine. The Lord is so often imagining things so much bigger and so much um, beyond what we can imagine, and that's just His goodness. So um, I guess it's a request for prayer that the Lord would help us to see um, and understand uh, His glory and what it looks like to shine in the city. Um, and multiply in a way that we can't conceive. Um, so I don't know what that structure looks like as far as a prayer, but I just wanted to ask that prayer request for this, if I could, for this ministry. And um, I'm sure there are many of us that can relate with this where the Lord's spoken something that is way beyond what we can picture or imagine. Um, so... Um, the name of the company that uh, we started in 2009 is called Outrider, and we build um, bikes for primarily for folks who have had accidents, um, spinal cord injuries, or MS, or ALS, different diagnosis, and um, they kind of get confined after that, and they don't often leave their houses, and suicide is really high, um, wounded veterans, um, and so we work with a lot of really broken folks, and uh, um, so, yeah, so, uh, just asking for, um, that we'd pray that the Lord would help us to, to, to see things the way that he sees them and, and to think so much bigger than what we can. Um, so, yes, <laughs> Lord. <laughs> say something to what Tommy's saying, um, speaking into that, because, you know, many of us, you have these great calls on your life and things that the Lord has said. I, I think about Daisy there with that, the word over your life, it seems sometimes like it's so magnanimous um, what God says over our lives, you know, and last week, uh, Steve Scroggs, senior after the service, he came up to me and said, he tells me this story, and it really just really struck me last week. He said um, that he went out to play golf over the weekend, and uh, 
He said there was this guy with this other other guys out in front of them. And uh, you know how, I don't know if you've ever played golf, but they're, like, their cart came up and they were like going to overtake these guys because they were sort of taking their time. Uh, and he, and he, he tells Steve, you know, you guys can play on through. And, um, and then Steve said, well, we'll just, maybe we'll just hang out together. And the guy's like, you know, okay, that's fine. He's kind of the leader of the other three guys. And Steve said he was a different kind of person, like a person like maybe he had never met before. And he said uh, he transmitted out of him so much hope and so much that he knew what he was doing. Steve said he played his best game he's ever played in his life because that man had some kind of level and he said he wasn't arrogant. He wasn't, you know, like cocky and because a lot of times, you know, I said, was he an alpha? You know, he said, no, he wasn't alpha. You know, because some guys, the way they project is alpha male. They project alpha male and they got their beta males that are following them around. <laughs> so he said, no, he's, he's not alpha. He's not projecting his strength onto these guys. He's just projecting hope. Steve said, I've never played a game that well in my life. And, I, and, I, and, and it just like hit me. It's after the service Sunday. And I said, the Lord said, did you hear that? I said, oh, I heard you, Lord. He said, I want to so get light inside of my people. I, I so want them to radiate my glory, radiate who I am. It just projects a signal of hope. And it just calls everyone forward because it's, they feel that transmission. Um, you can do this the opposite way, too, because Elizabeth, we were talking about one of her classmates whose uh, parents had recently divorced. And how that this kind of sense comes up she said in people towards this person where they don't like this person really bad and I said well did you know that that person could be projecting self-hatred you pick it up and you yourself feel that towards them she's like no I've never heard you know never thought about it like that and I said you have to be really careful what you feel and your experience that you that's projected around you that you don't lay onto someone else something that they're experiencing themselves. What Tom Tommy's saying, he got a promotion a week. A, I don't know. In here, the Lord said, "You know, I'm promoting you." And uh, you didn't get to hear this, but Austin Harris in the ter- Thursday prayer meeting, he says, "A year ago, I would have been so jealous of that." Uh, because Tommy got spoke of in front of everybody and got a promotion from the Lord and, and Austin's just so authentic and real and he that day Austin gets up here in the front and he says let's all clap for uh, Tommy I believe he deserves an ovation that you know we believe in who he is and I mean And, uh, and uh, the spirit of the Lord really moves, and it's not some kind of patronizing thing towards Tommy. It was real. You know, and you see Clessa grab him, and Benjamin grab him, believes in her husband. He, Benjamin believes in his daddy. It's this beautiful display of God over here. Austin said, you won't believe what happened to me, though. <laughs> Tuesday. 
All this last year, Austin, he'll say, I just want him to just come in and pour himself out on me, and he won't feel anything. I mean, even in some of these events, even if he's up here playing the guitar, he's not experiencing necessarily the Lord's presence. I mean, we might all be experienced that Austin said, I'm just not getting it like that, and I really want him to love on me. <laughs> he said Tuesday after the Sunday morning, all day the presence of the Lord unloads himself on Austin. Because jealousy, envy wasn't in the house. His heart was liberated into a son. And so he could celebrate as a joint heir. He celebrated another man in his life. And it, it is true, you know, that the Lord is celebrating your life. Yeah, I think Tommy's saying something. How do we get? I, I was military nine years. And every time one of us would get a promotion, whether I was, I was both enlisted and an officer, but every time you get a, a promotion, it was kind of funny because some of the guys, I remember tech sergeant, which is an E-6 in the Air Force, tech sergeant was like a big step up from staff sergeant. And once a guy get promoted as tech sergeant in our group when I was enlisted, man, that guy was going around and flexing and showing everybody that he was in charge because now he's in charge of all the staff sergeants, all the senior airmen, all the airmen first class, all the airmen, and all the airmen basic and his group. And I mean, for a while, he kind of shone. And everybody, I remember this so poignantly. Everybody's like, dude, like, calm down. I mean, you get a pay raise, you get recognition, and everybody else had to listen to him because he'd been promoted. And he loved it. And he said, I don't care what you say. And for a month, that guy would shine like a star. And, uh, but everybody was wanting to really take him down a few notches. You know, don't get a big head. And he had one, <laughs> you know, most of the time. He's filling out his new place. And I just remember in promotion, it was really, it's always a little difficult to know how to get your, uh, get your wings, so to speak, when you get promoted. And it's a little, it's very awkward. Promotions are, can be very awkward because you're in a new place. And I think that's what's happened to Tommy. And it's like, how do I deal with this new perspective or perception over my life? I'm, I'm receiving a promotion. Because now you have to work with new material. You have to work maybe with some new ideas. And if in fact, the word is like 2 Corinthians 10, Paul said, he said, unless your faith goes up, I can't expand. God set the faith of Paul's apostolic ministry on the faith of others. If they didn't grow, there was no expansion. But in Paul's ministry, he says, if your faith enlarges, then he could reach to regions beyond where he was at because there was an enlargement in the heart of the people. And God has always made it that way because God cares about people. He isn't like, let's just get a bunch of thing going and get a bunch of nickels and noses. That's not necessarily what he's about. He cares about each person very much. But Tommy, you have received a promotion and you will see in the days to come how light will break out from Outrider. You will see your business grow. You will see it expand. 
And you'll, you will see this with your own eyes. And it won't be because you have to necessarily do something. It just is going to happen. If you ever get to go visit them in Fletcher, it's one of the coolest places. It's like stepping into, I don't know, like a Star Wars set or something. I, I don't know. It's really, really teched out cool. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Uh, all these different prototype models that they had built and then the one they've got, I got to see a four-wheel driven thing that uh, even a paraplegic can operate. It's fascinating. I mean, the battery systems, the way they, the way they design the wheels and the tires for off-road operations, it's, it's incredible. I mean, it's like, uh, should be building like the lunar lander or the next Mars rover or something. I mean, it's like, it's that kind of technology that's sitting in there. It's awesome. It's awesome. And uh, he's paid a big price pioneering with his family into something that's not been done, you know, and uh, to bless a lot of people. Uh, Daisy, yes, ma'am. Okay. saying to you right now Romans 4 starting at verse 17 going to verse 21 I believe yes verse 21 where the Lord says begin to call those things that be not as though they already exist because in my eyes it's already done so begin to speak what you know to be true to show him that you believe what he has said is true and then verse um, 18 says Hope against hope, Abraham believed that your emotions, your circumstances, even other people, the lives of the enemy, your own thoughts would try to pull you away from the truth that God has already spoken. But he says you are to hope against hope. You are not to allow your hope to weaken, but you allow yourself to begin to rejoice as though it's already done. Continue to speak as though it's already done. Continue to rejoice as though it's already done. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body. He saw he couldn't bring forth a child. He saw his wife's body. But he also remembered God said, we will have a son named Isaac. And so whatever God has spoken to you, even if you have to say, Lord, looking at my circumstances, looking at my emotions, looking at what other people are saying, it doesn't seem like this is going to come true. He wants you to say, but God, you said and continue to believe. Yet with respect to the promise, showing respect, reverence to the God you love, that I believe you. My body tells me lies. My thoughts are lying. Other people might be lying, circumstances. But with respect, reverence to you, I believe your promise. And then verse 21, and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able to perform and so father we thank you and praise you for your word we thank you that you are no respecter of person in the same way that you develop your son abraham you have been developing your son tom and lord we thank you for every trial for every testing for every dark place he's gone through so that he can come to a greater experience of who you are and how to trust you and so, Father, in the name of Jesus, like Abraham, we ask that you would continue to help Tom 
to just surrender all to you and continue to say, thy will be done. Thy will be done. And that no matter what comes forward, that he would keep his eyes on you, believing that in your eyes it's already done. Therefore, he who promised will be faithful to complete it. In Jesus' name we pray. going to begin to close now and before it before we take communion some of us um, this morning everybody in this room listen listen to the word of the Lord Some of us are being invited to place the tools of the trade that have supported us in the past to lay them down and pick up a new, a new tool for the future. I remember years ago in the Lord, and he said this to me, he said, I want you to put down your hammer and pick up a pen. And I said, what can I do with a pen? And he said, I want you to learn what the pen is for. Put your hammer down. There's nothing wrong with having a hammer. Listen. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, if the Lord tells you to shift, you must shift. You must, you must lay the technology from the past sometimes down. Even though it's characterized you to some extent, you must pick up what is in the future. Sometimes the tech that has carried you this far will not carry you into the future. And God is not anti-tech. A lot of people believe that he's anti-tech, but he's not anti-tech. He just says, put me first. Some people like know how to just say, well, I just, what worked for me in the past is not going to work for me into the future. So I'm going to pick up the new thing that you're handing me I didn't understand this because back in December when the war started to like show me this but when Abraham was excuse me when Adam was in the garden he said where are you this is the first question God ever asked him Adam had began to lose his um, he had become spatially disoriented He was so used to the light of God and he had started to use sound and sound travels slower than light. He was made for light, but he was using sound. And I said, Lord, I don't understand. And I shared this with many of you. And I, I said, I don't understand what you mean. He says, he says, it's like switching out from a gasoline engine to an electric motor driven car. You must shift. I said, I, I still don't understand. He said, your GPS system that you're using it can fail but there's another system celestial navigation he said it's actually more secure than your gps system it's more accurate because i place the stars in the heaven where they are your gps can fail but the stars will never fail 
You see what I mean? There's a transition that must be made. Some of us have been primarily oriented by sound, but we must be oriented by light. And so it's time for us to make transitions. And you ask the Lord, what do you want me to pick up? Some of us, we get honed into jobs or careers or we get honed into locations and are locking us down and many people will sit in those by fear or to control their situation. The Lord's like, I'm ready for you to make a change. And that's what I mean about this house. It has to shift. It has to shift into another place, a new characterization. Again, I don't know how to do it, but I just know the Lord is saying we must, we must shift. But take this into your personal life and ask yourself to ask the Lord, am I using a structure of support of which I need to shift out of? A lot of what's going on with the coronavirus is meant to actually shift humanity. Humanity has to make a change or you stay stuck in the whole thing and you get robbed of the freedom that Christ came to give you in your life. Don't think that the Lord wouldn't allow some pressure to come to get you maybe to make some changes. It's an exposing agent. It's to expose us to the crown. And so some of us have got to make some changes. And not just get locked down into the idea that we've had of ourselves when the Lord has said something different about you. The Lord says, I, I am the author and the finisher of your faith. And we make a change today, Lord. We acknowledge the change. We acknowledge that you've got our attention. We acknowledge that we are being promoted. So let's, uh, let's come together and we'll take communion together. And then we'll close this morning. I, I didn't take an offering this morning. If you have offerings and you want to uh, place them in the basket here, do that uh, as you're coming uh, for communion. There is a dream inside you and me. We've lost vision. Yet we're pursuing, pressing through.
and he took the bread and he broke it and he said this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me said this is the blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you do this in remembrance of me may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you and may the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace amen bless you today